Hey, Rafer. Hey, Kristen. How close are we to retiring? Boy, frighteningly close. <laughs> Closer no. than I ever thought I'd get. No, there was one time in the last couple years, actually, I was... Um, I, I had to call the Social Security Administration about something. Really? And while I was on hold with for a the, story, <laughs> no, for yourself. My, my mom. Okay, this is this is going to go off on a long tangent. <laughs> but my mom. It turns out when I was adopted, I guess she forgot to register me with the Social Security Administration, and Oops. I didn't realize until grad school that there was something missing in my paperwork. Hmm. Yeah, and so I had to call them, and I was on hold a lot. And you were well, off the grid. <laughs> I was off the grid, and I was wild. And there was this. Uh, hold music that would come on and then every once in a while between the hold music there'd be some soothing woman's voice a recorded voice saying did you know and so one yeah. of the did you knows was like duh, 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 duh. did you know there's nothing to worry about if you're scared that there's not going to be social security for you social security will be in place for at least 15 more years <laughs> da, 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 da. and then they would go like more messages on a loop and all of the messages on the loop were completely not reassuring for anybody who was under 40 at the time Anyway, That's so, funny. so my answer to when are we going to retire, Rafer, is probably never. Probably never. <laughs> but let's say, let's just say for the sake of conversation here, we are going to retire someday. What would you want to do during your retirement? When do you want to retire and what do you want to do? I, I, don't, I don't ever want to retire. I don't, I don't either. I love working. It's scary. It's scary, isn't it, the idea of retirement? But here's the thing. All the people I know who have retired are just enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, really? Oh, my father's retired. He's just having the time of his life. He's having I think your dad time. would have the time of his life no matter what he was okay, doing. Okay, well, that's this. true. This is your dad we're you've got, about. You've got a point there, but he's having a great time. I just – all the people I know, are they're, 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 having, they're having a terrific time. Well, I'm afraid that I would become one of those people who would get stir-crazy. Yeah, me too. And I, I like doing things. I like having tasks. I like having deadlines. I like being forced for – you know, no good reason to get out of bed every day and do busy work, whatever right. it is. Right. I totally agree. So, well, and we see a little bit of that, I think, in uh, the movie that we're about to talk about. I'm sure that's why you asked me this question, Kristen. Yes. Uh, the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. Not this, the first best. Not the first best. <laughs> uh, this is the sequel, of course, to the best exotic Marigold Hotel. A big hit uh, starring a bunch of uh, great British actors. All... Almost all of whom have been in the Harry Potter movies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Or a James Bond film. And uh, and they're, they've all gathered together to retire. They're all retirement age and they find uh, love and second chances. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the new sci-fi film from Neil Blomkamp of District 9. He's got a new one out called Chappie. And for this week's sweatpants pick, a little special offering from Tina Fey. We'll get to all of that, but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday, and this is Movie Date. Well, Kristen, let's talk about the second best exotic Marigold Hotel. I feel like the title of this movie is just asking for it. It really it's is. There's, well, there's, it, for there's it. no hyphen. There's no hyphen between, between second and best. <laughs> if there was a if there were a hyphen, it'd be, that would that would be bad. That would really just be putting it out there. Right. The second best. Okay. No, this is the <laughs> second meaning another another best exotic Marigold Hotel because, of course, Sunny. The, played by Dev Patel, the hotel owner that we met in the first film. He's trying to expand his empire. He's trying to open up another Best Exotic Marigold. And, uh, of course, we meet 
most, but not all, since not all of the characters from the first film made it. Uh, we meet most of those most of these characters again. Judy Dench as Evelyn, um, Maggie Smith as Muriel, uh, Bill Nye, uh, uh, Ronald Pickup, uh, a whole bunch of actors. They all come back together again, uh, seeking. I guess they were looking for a second chance at life. In the first movie, I guess in the second movie, they're looking for third chances. I'm not really sure how to put that. But at any rate, here's a clip. I'm sorry. What are you talking to me? Well, the hearing's gone then, obviously. Yeah, along with your backbone. I don't know why I tell you anything. Because I'm older and wiser. Nineteen days older. That's the entire lifespan of a wasp. It's hard to get a synopsis going here because there are so many different things. Give, give but us... also, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, give us an example. Give us an example of a couple of storylines that we would have in this movie, Kristen. All right, so we have the guy who's the head of the expats club. Yeah, he is very popular with the ladies, but he's not going to cheat on his girlfriend. However, his girlfriend presumes he's cheating on him, so she sees that as carte blanche to cheat herself. That's right. That's an example of something you do when you're of retirement age in India, having a grand old third chance at life. That's right. Sleep around. Why not? Why not? Sleep with everyone. Now's the time. You don't have that much time left to sleep with everyone. You've got uh, Celia Imri uh, playing um, Madge. She's the uh, kind of gold digger character. Now she's uh, seeing two different wealthy Indian suitors. Uh, She's kind of really... um, kind of polyamorous about the whole thing. Basically, mm-hmm. she she drives, uh, she has a driver, and she gets to a certain little uh, uh, traffic roundabout and kind of basically can't decide until the very last minute whether she's going to hang a right or hang a left. And, uh, you know, one lives one way, one lives the other. Who will it be tonight? Who knows? <laughs> so there's one. Then we have another romantic story that's continuing from the first movie, which is Bill Nye and Judy Dench. And in the last movie, his marriage was falling apart. And he was falling in love with Judy Dench. Right. And in this movie, he is no longer with his wife. She's pretty much abandoned him. Yep. But there's something that's just not happening. Things are not moving forward with Judy Dench. Why? We'll see. Not sure. <laughs> right. Uh, well, so did you like the first one? As I recall, you did. I thought the first one was charming. I yeah. didn't think it was anything to write home about. I didn't think it was the most memorable movie yeah. in the world. I just thought, I love all these actors. This is charming. There's a little bit of discomfort that I had with the Dev Patel character who was um, kind of playing a little bit of a clown. And there's also yeah, there's, there's also that tiny bit of something that's hard for me to ignore of let's go to Asia and have this magical spiritual experience that's going to revitalize us and bring our youth back. Right. Which I, I and I can feel good about myself because I'll give some presents to the poor people. Yeah. There's a little bit of that too. Yeah, and I'd say that, you know, there was there was some of that in the first movie. There was, but a little but but not it, as much as in this one. Yeah, not yeah. as much. And I think you're I think you're right that this movie um there's a little too much Dev Patel, a little too much Sunny in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, where where uh, one of the threads in this film is that it's his his wedding is coming up soon. He's engaged. There's going to be an engagement party. There's going to be a, a Bollywood dance number, of course, and then there's going to be a wedding. So that that's part of the uh, that's one of the one of the storylines we're being we're being carried through uh, in this film. I think. My problem with this movie is that in the first film, just as you were saying, everyone was really charming. And you've got this, you know, just ridiculously good cast. And so everyone's great. Um, And those characters, by the way, were all based – that was based on a novel. And Mm -hmm. I feel like um, it's called These Foolish Things by Deborah – I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Mogach. Mogach. I'm not sure. M-O-G-G-A-C-H. And and I think that first movie, even though it was fluffy – 
had a little bit of heft. There was a little bit of, there were some cool ideas in there. Judy Dench playing this character who never really felt that she was worth much, but finds that she's still uh, uh, able to get herself a job out in the job market. She's kind of on her own, feeling independent and finding a sense of self-worth. Tom Wilkinson's character, I guess that's kind of a spoiler alert since he's not in this one anymore, but Tom Wilkinson's character, who was gay and was struggling with a really painful past memory. Uh, Bill Nye's character, his marriage falling apart. There were some... Serious issues, and you actually felt for them. And this one... Nothing really feels that serious. It felt it's to pretty, me more like a soap opera almost. It's, yeah, in this one. soap opera or sitcom. I think I think any any movie in which you've got a character who thinks he's accidentally put a hit out on his girlfriend, like oh no, I think I may have mistakenly put a murder contract out on my girlfriend. How do I repair this? I gotta think like, all right, we've just exited the real world. Now we're 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 no longer in reality here. Um, and for some weird reason, I think the characters aren't likable. In this movie, it, it, where I feel, and I don't know why, I feel like it's because they've contrived some storylines for them or yeah, something. I, I do feel that all the storylines feel very contrived. I wouldn't say that they're not likable. Um, I, I, I mean, every time Maggie Smith is on screen, I start laughing. Yeah, well, and she's really good. But yeah. like, but I mean, you were complaining, and this was one of my complaints that uh, the Judy Dench Bill oh, Nye romance. Oh, that was frustrating. Like, right. What is going on with these two? Why you only she... have so much time left. Why are you dragging this thing out? Right. And, and you are not giving any hints in the story about what's going on here. And then suddenly it just kind of all comes throwing up out at the end. Yeah, like there's right. There's this tiny little reason why things are not moving forward with these two. Yeah, a t- and, a, and a tiny little reason is a really good way to put it. There's really <laughs> almost no reason whatsoever. And I, But, you know, and why make Bill Nye's character such a such a dope? He said, like, he in the first movie, he was this really intelligent, Debonair, engaged. Smart. Yeah, and kind of, and he was, he was really, you know, he really wanted to go out and experience the world and... And now he's this kind of airhead sort of bore. And I kind of felt like, why would you do that to the character? Why would you make him like that? There was no reason. There was no reason to kind of downgrade his character that way. And I just feel that the whole film was like that. So I'm going to say this really is the second hyphen best exotic (laughs) Marigold Hotel. I think it was a pretty bad date. I would say it was not a great date. No. Yeah. You know, I... (sighs) I don't want to say it was a horrible date, but it just because you want to like it. I want so because you love all the like act. Exactly, I love these people. You love the cast. So I do love I. The cast and I love the characters, but I just yeah, I, I, I want to love the state, but I just don't. I know. I, I know. Don't. Too bad. All right. Well, Kristen, take us into Chappie. Well, Chappie is directed by Neil Blomkamp, who you and I both really liked when he did District 9. Sure. The whole world fell in love with him. Yeah. Such a great allegory about apartheid, which included aliens versus humans and so on. And in this one, you know, he's kind of the king of the allegorical storyline. He also did Elysium. Yes. In Chappie, we're dealing with, in the near future, a police force that's made up of robots. Now, one of the robots that's decommissioned is then taken away by one of the engineers also Dev Patel. Also Dev Patel. This engineer takes this robot home, and he really shouldn't. This robot's supposed to go to the junkyard. Right. He brings it home, and he installs a new artificial intelligence program in this robot. And this robot then goes from baby to fully developed human over the course of a few days. However, the robot ends up in the hands of some really, I don't know what you'd call them, just thug gangsters with semi-automatic weapons and explosives. Right. And they are up to no good. Here's a clip. 
Chap, if you want to be in the gang, you have to be cool like daddy. Look how daddy walks. Look how cool he is. You need to keep a gangster. You need to keep a gangster. Yeah, you to be cool. Don't laugh, I'm being cool. Oh, cool. Even when you put a gun, you have to be cool like this. Boom! Are you trapped? No, I can't shoot people. What? I can't shoot them, they didn't do anything to me. How are you going to do the heist with us if you don't shoot people? So we're dealing with thugs versus uh, civilized people. We're dealing with the internal bureaucracy of this robot police force corporation, which also includes Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Who, who has his own robot that he thinks is superior for fighting crime. It's called the Moose. Yes. And the Moose is this giant like tank that kind of flies and has legs and yeah. so on. And so there are a bunch of other elements in there. But the main character we're following is Chappie and this world of uh, intelligence as he develops it and his observations. He's kind of like a fresh face thrown into this crazy world. Yes. So, Rafer, what did you think of Chappie? Well, like you said, I was a big fan of Neil Blomkamp. And even though I thought Elysium was a pretty bad film, um, and I think, you know, you were talking about how Blomkamp is kind of king of the allegories in Elysium. I think he, I think his big mistake there, that was the Matt Damon film, right? Yes. You know, big, you know, big cast, Matt Damon. Uh, the rich have access to health care, the poor do not. Right. Um, so I think he chose two very unsexy topics to tackle, health care reform and immigration, <laughs> which I think just are kind of, not, you know, two kind of wonky, wonky topics to turn into a sci-fi action epic. That didn't work. Uh, and I thought the film structurally made almost no sense. I think it, I think, and it was very simplistic. Um, and I just think the allegories didn't work. So I had high hopes that maybe this would be Blomkamp's return to form. That we we would see like some kind of either either a return to like some kind of straight pulp action blowout that would just be a lot of fun, or some kind of really smart philosophical take on artificial intelligence and humanity and robots like we've seen in other movies like Her, something like that. Um, which you liked better than I did. Which I liked better than you did, granted. And I just thought that Chappie was an absolute disaster from start to finish. Uh, hands down agree with you. I hot, mean, hot, I hot, mean, hot mess. And I have to say also, I hated everybody so much. Every single every character. Every single character. I just thought, I cannot stand another second with you. And how am I still trapped with you? And the gangsters in particular are so abusively stupid and unlikable. They're, they're awful. They're, I actually just thought, not only are you violent and horrible, you're also just, I think, maybe like developmentally disabled you, that you're it, this <laughs> stupid. And... <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, the the one interesting thing you've got here is that those two main gangsters are played by a couple of rappers. They're played by two South African rappers. Do you know the, the band, D, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, The Word? The, so they're like a South African shock rap art hmm. band. Um, uh, Yolandi is the, is the female and uh, Ninja is the guy. Um, and you hear a lot of their music in the film, this kind of, this like, Stuttering, highly irritating hip hop that they, that they created, <laughs> which really fits, which really fits their characters, and they and they they play kind of themselves, or at least they use their real names, Ninja and Yolandi. Um, that didn't work, and they're both just incredibly, incredibly unlikable on screen. And I guess what I was puzzled by was, so the story of like. I'm the guy who's going to create an, an intelligent robot who's going to grow, who's going to start out as essentially a baby, a little sweet-natured baby slash toddler. And then he's going to confront this violent, 
awful world that's difficult and chaotic and, and frightening, and then he's going to have to fight for his life, is a great storyline. But, but didn't I, we see it better in Big Hero 6? Well, we <laughs> saw it better in like, you know, eight million different movies. Right. But I mean, the, the, the problem. <laughs> short, short, exactly. But the problem is somehow Neil Blomkamp just refuses to give us any of the fun that, that is in that storyline. He just takes that storyline and absolutely refuses to, to use what's built into it. You don't have any fun watching Chappie grow from a little toddler into, a, into an adult because he's being raised by these abusive, horrible gangsters who are already turning him into this kind of dumb killing, you know, tool. And then when he finally stands up for himself, it's not against them he stands up. He stands up against a whole other villain that we don't really care about: Hugh Jackman and his moose. Which, yeah. you know, like where where did that come from? And so you don't get that feeling of like the little. You don't get to watch him develop. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it 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 sucks all the emotion. It sucks all the power out of the narrative. And you just got this kind of guy who's like, I, I don't know. It's like, what are we watching? A uh, like we're watching an abused foster kid grow up into a guy who decides I'm. Not, I'm not. I'm not mad at the at the parents that abused me my entire life. I'm mad at this other guy, and now I'm just going to beat the holy hell out of him in the middle of an office. And I just, I kind of felt like, I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. And didn't you feel like the, didn't you feel like the worldview in this movie was really kind of grim and kind of uh, ugly? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I I don't know what's going on with Johannesburg. Actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> you idea. blame you blame Johannesburg. Everything's dirty. Every everything is kind of mud colored. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and everybody, for some reason, has like nuclear weapons in their garage. R- what, like right? Giant explosives. Right. RPGs and things. Yeah, right. And there's, right. There's that whole other set of gangsters. I'm kind of like, oh, is that are those the actual villains? Are those guys worse than the I, other I villains? Don't know. What are you, what's going on here? And also. Who cares about Sigourney Weaver? Why is Sigourney Weaver in this movie playing like the the chili the head of the corporation that makes I'm, the robots? I'm the chili head of the robot corporation. I only <laughs> care about money, but I don't play any actual role in this film at all. You I, might think I would, but I don't. You no. Know, most of the characters are just thin stereotypes of I don't know what you'd call them. They're not developed at all. Neil Blomkamp is supposed to uh, handle the Alien reboot. I know, which I'm very curious about. Well, I think I was really excited about that at first, and I'm starting to get really pessimistic. I thought Chappie was a terrible, terrible, disastrous date. 100% agree. I thought it was a torturous date, actually. Not just a hot mess, not just a disaster, but you show this movie to people you don't like. You put them in that theater, and you leave them there, much like putting Chappie in with a bunch of gangster vigilantes. Just put that person there. Wow. Yeah. And then you never have to go on a date with that person again. That's Bad for date sure. for everyone. That's for sure. All right. Well, stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to be talking about this week's sweatpants pick with a little bit of Tina Fey. I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. And Rafer, it's that very special time. You're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. Am I the Queen of England? I don't know, does the Queen of England only wear sweatpants? When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. Oh, boy. Oh, yes, got the drawstring. <laughs> Tie that in a bow, Kristen, and tell us what we're watching. We are watching a new show created by Tina Fey 
exclusively for Netflix, now available today. All the episodes are available today. It's called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it stars Ellie Kemper, who a lot of people know from The Office on TV or from Bridesmaids. Yes. And what we're doing is following Ellie Kemper's character, Kimmy Schmidt, who has been living in a bunker underground with her cult leader for maybe 15 years or so. So she and these other women, about four of them all together, have been living in this bunker. And they're all kind of dressed like the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints cult, the one that was headed by Warren Jeffs, where he had all the sister wives who were all like 13-year-olds. Yeah, that's right. And they do call each other sister. And she gets rescued. She and the other sisters get rescued. And she ends up in New York City trying to embark on a whole new life. She doesn't want to be known as one of these girls who's been rescued from this weird background. She wants to start fresh and reinvent herself. She begins working for this extremely rich woman, played by Jane Krakowski. She ends up with a roommate, played by Titus Burgess. She finds herself navigating the world of wealth and modernity and all these new technologies. And here's a clip. Merry Christmas, sisters. Just beautiful, Sister Kimmy. Now, which one of you guys have been chosen as my secret Santa? We can't not tell, Sister Kimmy. Then twouldn't be a secret, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Apocalypse, apocalypse. We caused it with our dumbness. Oh, no. Oh, no. Fire monsters! Let's go! Let's go! Boom, boom, boom! We found them! Rafer, let's talk about why this is our sweatpants pick for the week. All right. Well, I think um, it's kind of big news because this was, as you said, it was created by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who uh, co-created 30 Rock um, for NBC. Uh, This was originally going to be an NBC show. And um, for scheduling reasons and programming reasons that are, I think, beyond uh, the brains of us lay folk, uh, it wound up not going to NBC. And so Netflix picked it up. And that's kind of interesting. You know, Netflix has been making all these huge inroads into not just um, uh, scripted TV, but also into uh, movies and documentaries and all kinds of things. They've got they've been nominated for two Oscars so far. So, you know, here's another example. Oh, they're doing the Adam, the, the four deal, the four picture deal with Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Um, so the new you Ed know, Norton documentary. Yes, that's right. So uh, much. A new Idris Elba movie drama that sounds like total Oscar bait, um, which would be amazing if Netflix is, you know, up for a feature Oscar at some point. I mean, that'd be incredible. So anyway, here's their, you know, here they've here they've nabbed Tina Fey, uh, who's not in the who's not in the sitcom itself, but she is, you know, one of the creators. Um, and it definitely has that Tina Fey feeling to it. Def- it definitely does. Um, and there are some very funny lines, I think. And um, I think Ellie Kemper's character, Kimmy Schmidt, is, you know, really endearing. She does have that big, giant, wide smile and that kind of Pollyanna attitude. But she's also got a little bit of um, spunk and kind of a strong, strong spine. And one of my one of my favorite scenes, for some reason, is a flashback when she's remembering her days in the uh, in the in the bunker (laughs) and and the the preacher, the reverend, is laying some kind of complete nonsense gobbledygook about, you know, how all the creatures above, you know, all the creatures on earth have all died and they're the last ones left and there are no more creatures at all. And Kimmy Schmidt says, what about this? And she's got a rat. And she she holds it out (laughs) and everybody freaks out. And we don't see, we never see the reverend's face, but we hear the reverend saying, damn you, Kimmy Schmidt, I will break you. (laughs) She says, no, you won't. And I I love that scene for some reason. So you know where her, that she's been born with this kind of spirit. And that's cool. Um, 
What did you think of it, Kristen? How did you like this? I really enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of the show is just making fun of rich, white, upper yes. east side, overly – the first time we see Jane Krakowski, Kimmy Schmidt's walking into the house and she's being interviewed to be a nanny or a massage therapist for the dog. Right. And, it's hard to say what. Yeah, and, and it's like, oh, would you like some water? And Jane Krakowski pulls a bottle yes. of water from the shelf and Kimmy Schmidt says, no. And then Jane Krakowski just throws the bottle. Throws the entire bottle right in the, in the trash. trash, which is great. <laughs> and there great were a lot moment. of things like that where you're just like, oh, yeah. And I actually laughed out loud quite a bit watching this. So you really, you really liked it? I really liked it. And I, I wasn't sure what to expect with this. But I will say just the premise of a cult member is going to draw me in because like you, Rafer, probably not as much as you. I do like cult members. You really love cults. So. I do. I, lo- I love cults. You're I'm, so into cults, I know. I do. And this and this is this is funny. And, uh, you know, I also think this movie, uh, excuse me, this series is kind of, um, you know, it's going to have to walk a fine line uh, in terms of how it treats, you know, the apocalyptic cult and the kidnapping idea because that stuff is pretty real. And um, you know, there, there is a scene where someone says to Kimmy Schmidt, let me ask you a question. And she says, yes, weird sex happened in the bunker, duh. <laughs> like, let's just get that out of the way. And I remember thinking, like, okay, that's funny, but weird sex does actually happen in those bunkers. And oh, it did yeah. actually happen to real people. So that was funny, but I, you know. But also a little creepy. Because when, <laughs> when you're thinking, like, when I saw her outfit immediately, her and her sisters, and they're all dressed like the Warren Jeffs, like, 13-year-old brides. Right. You're like, oh, 15 years ago, your character would have been a teenager. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. and that's really freaking creepy. Um, but, but I'm not, tr- and I'm not trying to get all politically correct and, and squeamish about it because I did, I did think that line was very funny. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna say, I thought this was pretty funny. I'm intrigued by it. I'm not sure. I'm really going to be able to stick with this. I didn't. Well, then why is it our sweatpants pants? I'm sad because I know that you liked it, and I think you know. <laughs> look, we've got a difference of opinion. That's okay. I uh, what is this? Some kind of cult, Kristen? Am I not, am I not <laughs> you <allowed>? must join <laughs> me. Try on this dress, Rafer. <laughs> I I thought it was. I thought it was. It's no Thirty Rock. It is not nearly as sharp, as fast, as funny, and as insightful as Thirty Rock to me. But I still think it's got some funny moments. I did kind of like the characters. I'm not that big a fan of the Titus character. Her roommate was not that drawn into him. But I thought the other characters were pretty funny. I think it's an okay sweatpants pick. Mm, wow, it's still my it's it's still my first choice sweatpants pick for the week. So all right, so there you go. Okie dokie. All right. Well, let's wrap up this thing with trivia, like we always do. What did we ask last week, Rafer? Well, last week we were talking about con men because we just reviewed the film Focus with Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Let's remind people, don't watch that. That wasn't very good, (laughs) that movie. Don't see it. Uh, And that made us think about some better con man films that we've seen. So many. Oh, yeah. Every movie? Con men? (laughs) (laughs) Well... We chose one gem, and we played a clip. We asked you to name it. Here's the clip. Don't take the cork off the fork. Why is the cork on the fork? To prevent him hurting himself and others. Oh. Ruprecht, eat your applesauce. Ruprecht, we have wonderful news. Diana and I are going to be married. And we got this right answer. Hey, this is Kevin from Canton, Mass, and I just heard your podcast, and the movie you're for the clip of is Very Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin and Michael Caine. 
or Lisa Orange, I think it is. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Great job, Kevin. Yes, awesome excellent. work. Thank you so much for calling us at five seven one seven movies. You can answer. always call in. It's a business, and everyone, you have to agree, it's way more fun to call in and maybe <laughs> hear your voice on the radio. Even though we always say you can also write us at facebook.com slash movie date podcast. You definitely can write us, but Reefer in particular always likes to hear your voices. I do. I do. Okay, so Kristen, this week? This week, in honor of the second best Marigold Hotel. And life in retirement, that wonderful life after you work when you go on to the next chapter. We're going to play a clip of somebody else in a movie enjoying his retirement years. Here's the clip. So you want to assist an old person? Yep. Then I'll be a senior wilderness explorer. You ever heard of a snipe? Snipe? Bird. Beady eyes. Every night it sneaks in my yard and gobbles my poor assailants. I'm elderly and infirm. I can't catch it. If only someone could help me. Me, me, I'll do it. Oh, I don't know. It's awfully crafty. You'd have to clap your hands three times to lure it in. I'll find the Mr. Fredrickson. I think it's Burroughs two blocks down. If you two go blocks down, got it. Hi. Here, Snipey, Snipey. And what is that movie with that retiree? Aha. If you know, give us a call, 5717movies. Or you can always message us at facebook.com slash movie date podcast.